On this episode of Into Tomorrow, we'll discuss the ongoing investigations into unidentified aerial phenomena, what we used to call UFOs, coming up next. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. From the Dexcom G6 Studios, the future of diabetes management is here. Be sure to visit dexcom.com. You are tuned into Tomorrow for the weekend of November 4th. 2022. Hope you had a terrific Halloween if you celebrated that or dressed up or were scared. Otherwise, I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. So Halloween's over, so now we can talk Christmas, right? Yeah. Everybody, ha- boy, have you seen the stores already with Christmas stuff long before Halloween? And it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Yeah. It's great. Christmas is coming soon. Yay. Or whatever holiday you may or may not celebrate. Insert your holiday here, Christmas. Festivus. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, happy birthday to our own Erasmo, our senior video video. No, you're the senior video editor. He's the senior audio editor. Yes. Because they are not one and the same. And the jingle guy. He is also the jingle guy. He does a lot of jingles and stuff for radio stations all around the world. And... He and his wife happened to host Radio 105 throughout Italy, even though he's based here in our neck of the woods on South Beach. He's also the composer of the current iteration of the Into Tomorrow theme. That's right. So if you like our theme, thank Erasmo. If you don't like it, blame Chris. Huh? I don't know. (laughs) So we've got some tech news and commentary for you, and then we've got a bunch of your calls and a whole bunch of other cool things that we hope you will enjoy on today's program. And, of course, check your spam filters regularly. Easy for you to say. It was. (laughs) Okay, frequently. Check them. And back up your data regularly as well. And if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast you're hearing us on, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. That's true, because you may just be hearing us by some other means, including our 24-7 stream at intotomorrow.com or our 24-7 stream on the free Into Tomorrow app that I'm sure you have on your phone. I do. And you've given, not you, and you've given us five stars and maybe a nice little review of some sort. Just say, yeah, great consumer tech show. Love it. Been listening for all of their 27 years. Go ahead, lie. Whatever. We'll back you up. Soon to be 28. You lie and I'll swear to it. Yes. Soon to be 28. We launch our 28th year at CES that they tell us doesn't stand for the Consumer Electronics Show anymore. Right. We determined it was either China Electronics Show or COVID Electronics Show last year. Yeah. Last year it was COVID Electronics Show. Yeah. You could drive a tank down any aisle and not hit anyone. Mm Mm-hmm. Rumors have already started about Apple's upcoming iPhone 15 models. 14's just just barely out. 9 to 5 Mac reports one major development is very likely to be a changeover to a USB-C power system, replacing the lightning connector finally. 
Well, because they've already said they're doing that because they have no choice. Yeah, I know, but it's still rumors because they haven't confirmed it. European authorities have decreed that all smartphones share a common charging port, and that's USB-C at this point, until we can go to laser charging ports or something weird. Right. So it's about time. It's typical of Apple to finally catch on and do what everyone else in the industry is doing. Yeah, but we're different. We're Apple. Yeah, whatever. And I think we should just like implant Qi chargers into our thighs so that when your phone is sitting in your pocket, it's just always charging. Oh, I like that idea about the always charging part, about implanting in my thigh. Maybe not so much. But that is an interesting concept. Yeah. You know, people are putting chips in their hand to get into secure doors at work or something like that. Implanting a qi charger. See, it's QI, but it's Chinese and it's pronounced qi. Just so you know, when you hear that or if you see QI, be the learned one and say qi, wireless charging. Right. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Hey, uh-huh. That's Chinese for thank you. Okay. I'm just, hey, I'm here to, to learn you whatever I can. Follow okay. me for more. <laughs> Everything at Dave Graveline, if you care to follow me for more. YouTube's gotten a fresh look and some new features. Uh, for one, you you can now pinch to zoom into a video on the iOS and Android apps. Ow! Yeah. I, would, you, I just pinched myself to zoom. It didn't work. <laughs> uh, when you remove your fingers, the video will stay zoomed in. YouTube started testing the pinch to zoom feature with premium users back in August, and now it's available to everyone. Another feature. But wait, wait, wait. It'll stay zoomed in. So if you're zooming in, like to see a product or something that's part of a video, and it stays zoomed in, don't you miss everything else? Well, you can unpinch, I assume, to zoom out. Yeah, but if if you pinch to zoom and you don't unpinch, you've missed whatever else. Well, it serves you right if you don't unpinch. Just don't pinch. <laughs> okay. Um, another feature should help you get right to the uh, particular part of a video more easily. On desktop and mobile, you can now drag your cursor up or swipe up while scrubbing through a video to view a row of thumbnails, a bit like you might like you might see on Netflix. As YouTube suggests, this should help you avoid rewinding too far back when you're watching a tutorial and want to rewatch a step. Uh, okay. Or just watch the whole thing. Although, who has time for that? Yeah. You want to zip ahead sometimes. The current high inflation situation, yeah, we have that problem, has changed our spending behavior. Consumers are shopping early amid lots of uncertainty. That according to the September retail sales report from the U.S. Commerce Department. The National Retail Federation chief economist says shoppers are looking for bargains and value in the current economic environment, and even more so as we head into the holiday season. But how is that any different? Yeah, we have an inflation problem, but don't shoppers always look for bargains and value? Yeah, I would think so. I, you should, unless money is no object. Well, good for you. Send us some. Mm-hmm. Send it to Dave and Chris in care of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. We've talked a lot the last few weeks about uh, AI image creation tools, uh, but don't expect to see too many stock photos from them. Getty Images chief Craig Peters said in a statement that his company has banned AI-generated art over the potential for copyright disputes. Oh. The CEO said there are unaddressed rights issues with the technology, and this would help customers minimize the risk uh, to their finances and reputations. Peters didn't say if Getty had already encountered legal trouble with AI-generated content, but he did note there was an extremely limited amount of that material on their platform. 
The company's teaming up with the Coalition for Content, Provenance, and Authenticity to create filters for AI-produced material and is asking users to flag anything that slips through. Uh, rivals like Shutterstock are already screening at least some imagery. I think that authenticity uh, thing is a fake. Uh-huh. <laughs> you would. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully that'll help in the long run, right? Yeah. If you're a Spotify user, you have much more company. They added more users on both its free and paid tiers in the third quarter than expected, raising their number of monthly active users to 456 million people. That's a lot of folks listening to Spotify, including our podcast, which is on Spotify and iTunes and Google and every other podcast platform you can think of. But 456 million, that's a pretty good amount of folk. Uh-huh. So how much is that uh, blue checkmark worth to you? <laughs> you, you, you pay for that on Twitter? <laughs> no, 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 no. I would never pay to be verified. That's old- absurd. Come on, Elon. You're doing some great things, but that one... Not so much. Well, I mean, he's saying it so that Twitter, you know, is less reliant solely on advertising dollars. Yeah, well, but it, because a lot of advertisers apparently are leaving the platform. Well, General I don't know Motors, about a lot. I, well, but, General Motors has taken all their advertising off Twitter right, you know, while, oh, they, well. while they see what's going to happen. Apparently, you know, these woke corporations should just go away anyway. I'm sure he'll have enough other advertisers to keep supporting them. Plus, if he cuts the staff at least in half, he's going to save a gazillion dollars. Especially since all these alleged fact-checkers aren't checking facts anyway. So start in that department. Although I love how they fact-checked Biden and the White House this past week. On more than one occasion. That hasn't happened the last two years. Mm -hmm. Hmm, what's different? (laughs) I don't know. I tell you what, we'll give you some advice about alone time. Coming up next on Into Tomorrow. Attention! Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. Welcome back to Into Tomorrow. I'm Cameron Graveline, the real brains behind this operation. True. So if you have a tech question, ask Dave so he can ask me. Call 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. Or use the free Into Tomorrow app. Call in. Win stuff. Thank you. And thank you, brains behind the operation. We do appreciate that. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Omnipod. Discover virtually pain-free insulin delivery with no multiple daily insulin injections. Visit Omnipod.com slash Dave. Oh, wait a minute. Let me make a note of that web address. That's important. That would be Omnipod.com slash Dave. Got it. Thank you. 
Who doesn't enjoy a little time to themselves? It seems taking advantage of a little alone time also has its benefits. With this week's Into Tomorrow wellness tip brought to you by Human Touch, here's Victoria Ladock. Thanks, Dave. A little solitude in your schedule could be just what you need. The busier you are, the more likely you are to benefit from some quiet time. Despite the push for open floor spaces in offices, studies show being surrounded by people kills productivity. People perform better when they have a little privacy. Research shows kids who learn by themselves are better behaved than other children. Be a good role model and teach solitary skills early. If you aren't used to being alone, it can feel uncomfortable at first. But creating that quiet time for yourself could be the key to becoming the very best version of yourself. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Victoria Ladock. Back to you, Dave. You know, Victoria makes a lot of sense. Every week she gives us some great tips. And that's another one. Nothing wrong with some good alone time. Refresh, recharge your batteries. The Into Tomorrow wellness tip is brought to you every week by Human Touch. How can a massage chair change your life? Oh, you would be surprised. Visit humantouch.com to find out. Thomas, use the Ask Dave microphone at intotomorrow.com. When you do that, and we love it when you do, please be sure to indicate your first name, where you're joining us from, and how you hear the show. Right? Yeah. The 24-7 stream, you subscribe to our podcast with this particular service. We'll give them a little attaboy, girl, whatever. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Thomas. I'm having trouble finding a photo that I used for a contact. The photo is still in the contact, but I cannot find the photograph itself. Can that photograph be out of my photos, but still in the contact? How do I find this? Any help you can give me, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's our pleasure, Thomas. But yes, unfortunately, the photo may be in the contact and no longer in your photo library. Contacts usually keep their own copy of a picture, so things won't change if you edit the original or delete it. Unfortunately, there's usually no way to download the picture from the contact itself. Of course, you can do a screen capture, I guess, but you'll often find some kind of a zoom or basic edit, but not the ability to download it. If your contacts app is allowing you to see a larger version of the picture, so you can crop it into, for example, just the person's face, you may be able to take a screenshot to get a smaller version of the original, but that's typically as much as you'll be able to recover uh, from the original. If your contacts are synced online, it might be good to check the online version of the contact. It may have a larger version of the image, and if you're lucky, you may be able to right-click on it, open in a new tab, and save that larger version. Now, that's true. And I've done that. I've done screenshots because I went back looking for somebody's picture. Picture. You know, I had someone uh, a week or so ago that says, hey, is that the same so-and-so that we went to school with or whatever it was? And I said, I think so. And, Do you have a picture? And it was like, oh, well, yeah, the contact picture. So I, at least I did a screenshot, sent that. Is, that. is this the one you're thinking of? Yeah, that's him. Okay. Uh, so you can oftentimes do that. It may not serve the purpose you're looking for, Thomas, but at least you can give that a shot and see if it works. Let us know. And when you do... Let us know where you're joining us from and how you hear us. Google Assistant, by the way, has been updated with parental controls that limit calls and YouTube content during school time. Well, that should be a given. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why is this like a, a light bulb moment? Uh -huh. Oh, what an interesting idea. 
that they should have done since the very beginning. The device also offers kid-friendly voices for better comprehension. Okay. <laughs> because I guess they think kids will listen to what sounds like another kid more than they will an adult. Any parent can relate to that, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Lex in Bozier City. Is that how you say it? That is. You've always corrected me on that one. Bozier City, right. Louisiana is using the Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. Hello, Lex. I have Alexa in my home, and it works well, but I bought an air conditioner system, a window unit, and inside the box, lo and behold, there was a Google Home device that came with it. And I'm wondering, are these two things compatible uh, with Alexa, or are they, you know, would they work even in the same house? Do I need to be in separate rooms? What's going on there? Oh, also, another question, Dave, you can't retire. Sorry, not going to happen. So tell Cameron that you have to stay working for the rest of my life, at least. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Oh, great. Well, the, okay. Well, I'm I'm semi-retired. How about that? Yeah. Hence the one-hour podcast. Exactly. Three-hour show. We we went from three hours, and we thought we'd just give you the best of Into Tomorrow in a one-hour podcast. Now, and of course, many of our stations, our radio stations, continue to carry our one-minute daily feature. So the, we're still on the radio as well, but the show itself, the weekly show, is now. A one-hour podcast. And we hope you enjoy it, and we hope you subscribe and listen to it all the time. But back to your question, Lex. No, they're not compatible with Alexa. Google Home is a direct competitor to Amazon's Alexa product. It's basically Google creating a database on you rather than Amazon creating a database on you. You can run both in the same house. I do. uh, And they will, for the most part, stay out of each other's way since they respond to different trigger words. But you could potentially start having issues with them in the future as trigger words start going away. Yeah, if you want to just use it for your air conditioning, then you can just plug it in and pretend that your AC has its own voice assistant and only ask Google to deal with it and keep using Alexa as you are now. Oh, I like that idea. So make everybody who visits you think that you have a separate voice-controlled air conditioner. So at least right now, you shouldn't have any issues at all using them both in the same room. Okay. Well, there you go. There's some hope for you, Lex. Tell us what you end up doing, and uh, hopefully it'll all work out. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, Erasmo, on our Into Tomorrow team. What is he, 21 now, I think? Yeah. (laughs) I think he's been married that many years, but almost. Anyway... Um, happy birthday to Erasmo. Let us know if you have any consumer tech questions anytime or share some tech rage with us or help another listener. Those are some of our favorite calls as well. 800-899-INTO or the Into Tomorrow app. Attention Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero copays on many services, and zero deductibles. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093. 
Do you take a lot of medicine or take care of someone that does? Hero is the new smart device that makes life easier by pre-sorting a 90-day supply of up to 10 different pills. Just pour them in and Hero does the rest. So easy to use and saves me so much time. I never miss a dose. I'm never late for a dose anymore. And that is so critical to me. What I like best about my Hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use. And I don't have to worry about my pills or get distracted and forget, did I take that pill or not? Because it reminds me. It alerts and dispenses with the push of a button. Plus, Hero sends a friendly alert to you and a caregiver. Hero is amazing, but you could even live out of state with the person and still program their Hero from the convenience of your phone. I feel better than I have ever felt simply because I have this device. Try Hero risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, you don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800-613-2715. Call now. Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. 27 years we've been covering the latest in consumer tech. All sorts of cool things, products and services, gadgets and gizmos, websites and apps, all sorts of things as they relate to technology. So we appreciate when you tune in. We appreciate even more when you call in and participate on the program. And you can do that any number of ways. The old-fashioned way still works. You can pick up a phone and dial 1-800-899-INTO. Toll-free from anywhere in North America, 800-899-4686. You can use the free Into Tomorrow app available in your favorite app store, Android and iPhone, of course, and hit the message to studio button. Participate that way. Or a lot of folks these days are joining us on any device that has a microphone and um, a web browser. So you can do that and join us at intotomorrow.com. Click on the button that says Ask Dave. And you can do all those things 24-7 anytime at your convenience. And then tune into the next program and hear your question, your comment, your help for another listener, whatever the case. Following its groundbreaking announcement of the first scientifically authenticated documentation of unidentified aerial phenomenon, known as UAP, back in 2020, the Genesis 2 Project, or G2P, has continued their empirical investigations of UAP recordings. Here to discuss the expanding investigations, we're joined by Dr. J.C. Van Velkenberg, Ph.D., former Los Alamos National Lab Biosphere physicist, and Deborah LaPravat, a former FBI special agent and forensic scientist. So hello to uh, Dr. JC and Deborah. How are you? We're great. Glad to have you with us as we fly into tomorrow, perhaps, with some unidentified aerial phenomenon. Uh, First of all, can you guys describe how you went about moving this whole perception of UAP from, I guess, what folks would think the realm of fanciful ponderings, if you will, to a serious scientific subject? Certainly. Um, When we started UAP, really, we noticed that there was just such a mass of accumulating um, documentation coming from around the world. And really, we thought, you know, this this has really moved at this point from are there UAP out there to yes, there are, but what are they? You know, and we thought, well, how do we how do we turn this into a 
a true scientific field of study, something that is seriously considered from a scientific standpoint to get answers from the things that we're seeing that we just don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And our biggest challenge, you know, was um, first was the word UFO, which is really mired in entertainment and science fiction and has some negative connotations with it. And, you know, really embracing the word UAP, which is unidentified aerial phenomena. And that's a really larger, um, it's a larger definition. It's not just an object, but it's trajectory. It's how things move. It's where they are. And, And then we just thought, you know, how do we do this? How do we make it a serious scientific topic? And it's bringing in scientists and under non-disclosure agreements so that the focus is on the data and the scientific approach. Is that how we've gone from UFO to UAP? Is that part of that explanation as well? I guess Deborah's going to handle that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, it really is because uh, UAP encompasses so much more than the flying saucers that are associated with a ufo i mean there are mysterious lights in the sky there are uh orbs even during the daylight hours of light that appear to be moving with trajectories that we don't quite understand the ability to stop hover accelerate and turn on a 90 degree angle so and with the the tens of thousands of images that G2P has collected over the last five years, uh, we see such a variety of body types. I mean, I guess you would say craft types if you're calling them aircraft. Mm-hmm. And so UAP is just a much better term to bring it into the next decade or two and into a more scientific approach. So does that mean UFO is not being used anymore? Or if it is, it's more that, uh, as I said in the introduction, more the fanciful thing as opposed to documentation? I think anyone dealing with it uh, on a scientific level will continue to use UAP moving forward. Oh, okay. Kind of makes sense then. Uh, What about the forensic analysis of the G2P's recorded images, for example? What does it actually consist of? And no doubt that's important to your findings and your continued studies. So when we first set this up, you know, as a real scientific field of study, what we wanted to do was we we looked at the documentation that we were getting of these things and we thought, well, what's what's the first step? You know, there's so much. How do you narrow it down to start studying it? And of course, as you're looking at these images, people can say, oh, that's could that be a bird? Could that be a drone? Could that be a lens flare? And so really what you have to do when you have this mass of data is start narrowing it down. And so what we did is we thought we would be using a digital forensics analyst. You know, we use the top in the nation. um, The name is Primo Forensics. And they work in court cases to verify information that's given to the U.S. court system in legal cases. And they went through and they have to have the actual device that, that the image was taken on to go through and to first off say there was no data manipulation on the image. So there's no Photoshopping. There's no enhancement. There's not anything. On top of it, they go through the device and they'll tell you, this is this is not a lens flare. This is not an artifact from the technology of the device that this image was captured on. And surprisingly, we've had very, very few that that has been, you know, anything except unexplained. Almost everything we've sent them is fully unexplained. It is not a lens flare. It is not an artifact. It's just something that we don't know what it is. And at that point, you can take that actual verified vetted data 
and then start a scientific analysis of the object that's being viewed in that piece of data. So then did the release of these validated images kind of help promote what you guys are working on? Did it fine tune your overall strategy? Well, yeah, you know, in the first case, it eliminates uh, those people that would dismiss the photographs as Photoshop altered or anything. Mm -hmm. So right there, it bumps it up to the next level. And then the approach that G2P has taken has attracted physicists, engineers, other people that deal with digital security and digital um, analysis. So I think it's helped us bring together a very strong team of scientists to approach the study of unidentified aerial phenomenon from multiple uh, directions. Gotcha. I understand in your studies, uh, and for that matter, studies dating back to prehistoric times, the southwest region of the U.S. has a long-standing history with UAP. I wonder, does that mean that there are more trailer parks there, or uh, did any of that play a role in your investigation? Well, certainly this region in northern New Mexico has such a long history of just innate interest in things that are unexplained. And there's there's folklore, there's sightings that this is just known for this worldwide. And when we started accumulating data, we just had so much data coming from this region. Wow. It was daily sightings, nighttime, daytime, all seasons, 24 hours a day. It's just such a mass amount of information that's coming in. And with the frequency of the data and the voluminous data that was coming in, we really thought this would be a great place to start G2P and then to really focus on this hotspot region. And you're right, there is, there is a modern day history just in this northern New Mexico region of sightings and unexplained things, but also the prehistoric, um, you know, recordings here. There are petroglyphs throughout this region that look almost identical to the things that we're capturing today. Really? Wow. And, and I'm assuming then that these regular, as you say, almost daily uh, reports are coming from a variety of people. They're not the same dozen people that are saying, oh, I saw something again. Uh, I, I mean, it's enough of a variety of folks to really make you pay close attention. Exactly. I mean, one of the first things we did as as uh, JC and I approach any scientific analysis is that you can't have one subset of data. So we have invited other people, other scientists out to this region and we say, collect your own data independently, hmm. right? Bring in, your, bring in your best cameras, bring in your best equipment, and then you collect fresh data that is not uh, has not been uh, captured by G2P employees. And so that we have additional data sets that have been independently collected by different scientists from different parts of the United States. And, uh, you know, that adds to the validity and authenticity of the data we're collecting. No doubt this is incredibly fascinating. So what's next for G2P? What can we anticipate hearing from and hopefully talking to you guys again soon? Wonderful. Well, we have we have such a massive data collection at this point. And one thing that we started doing was looking at other hotspots around the world because we have documentation from, from people who collaborate with G2P from other parts of the world and also throughout the United States. And so we started looking at really where the hotspots of data were coming from. And one of them jumped out at us immediately that we have, we have a significant amount of documentation already. It is 
known um, as a region that is a hotspot, and it's similar to New Mexico in the way that there's stuff that's happening all the time, and there's a history there, and that's in Cusco, Peru. That's in the Andes Mountains. And because we already had this set of information, we thought, you know, now that we've established a bona fide, serious scientific study of UAP. We would like to expand this to other regions of the US, other regions of the world. Where's the next best place to implement this idea? And we decided on Cusco, Peru, which we're going to be working on our data from there in this next year. Well, by all means, keep us informed, and I'll be delighted to share that with our audience as well. Uh, Dr. J.C. Velkenberg, Ph.D. For, from formerly the Los Alamos National Lab and also former FBI special agent and forensic scientist Deborah LaPravat. Thank you so much for joining us into tomorrow, and we'll see what we can learn as we progress. Thank you for having us. It's our pleasure. Be sure to hit us up at intotomorrow.com. Sign up for our free podcasts while you're there as well. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned as we continue bringing you Into Tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network. During these difficult times, we understand how important it is to stay healthy and safe. With so many of us confined to our homes and not being able to work, we feel the financial burden more than ever. Many folks lost their jobs and businesses. Others were furloughed and some are working from home at reduced pay. Keeping up with your bills is not easy under these circumstances. If you have credit card debt and cannot keep up with your monthly payments, we at Debt Fix Pros are here to help. Give us a call to see how we can reduce your interest rates and lower your monthly payments. Protect your credit and let us help you find a solution that fits your needs. We, your friends at Debt Fix Pros, are here to help. Let us take care of your credit card debt so you can focus on what is really important. Call for a free phone consultation at 1-800-781-6764. That's 1-800-781-6764. 1-800-781-6764. United we stand. 1-800-781-6764. Sending voice messages instead of typing can save you a lot of time. But listening through those five or 10 minute monologues from your friends is time consuming and often just not possible. Imagine being in a meeting, lecture, or any loud and crowded environment. Textify is an app for iPhone that converts those annoying voice messages into easily readable text at the touch of a button. Get Textify now from the App Store. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by our podcast partner, Blueberry Podcasting. With their advanced podcast hosting plans, you also get a free WordPress site to grow your podcast. Start your free trial at blubrry.com. Blueberry without the E's. Ah, very fine. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech History. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. Here's Chris. This week, back in 1895, scientist Wilhelm Röntgen, I just like saying those German names, uh, he took the first x-ray pictures. He had been experimenting with electricity but failed to turn off the machine. The device he was working with overheated and emitted rays. Röntgen came up with the scientific principle that would allow him to take x-ray pictures. Other x-ray pictures had been observed before this, but Röntgen was the only one to prove that his machine worked. Now 
Well, here's something we hope you'll really like. You probably won't like this. He may have been a clever scientist, but he had no business savvy. He never patented his x-ray machine and never received any money for it. Exactly. <laughs> In 1980 this week, the NASA space probe Voyager 1 made its closest approach to Saturn and took the first images of its rings. Aye, Dave. Voyager 1 was launched in 1977 and still remains operational, communicating with the Deep Space Network to receive routine commands and transmit data to Earth. And, I mean, it's amazing to think about a spacecraft that is as far as anything has ever gone from Earth. Yeah. And it still works. Wow, 40-something years. Those were the good old days when people cared about their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> in 1990 this week, Sir Tim Berners-Lee published a formal proposal for what we know now as the World Wide Web. Before settling on that name, the World Wide Web was very close to being referred to as the Information Mesh. Oh, they have the Internet on computers now. And this week in 2004, Firefox 1.0 was released. The Internet browser has had more than 80 versions since then, and while very popular, ranks only third on desktops at about an 8% market share, just behind Safari, but very far behind the number one desktop browser, Chrome, which has a nearly 70% market share of desktop browsers. But they had 80 virgins? Yeah, versions. Oh, versions. versions. Oh. Alert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the global innovation show for consumer tech and home appliances. Check out ifa-berlin.com. Carl in West Dakota participated in West Dakota. Yeah. I, I know there's a north and a south. There's now a west, apparently. Which must mean there also must be an east. Oh, we, we should hear from someone then from East Dakota next yeah. time. Anyway, you use the Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. Hey, Carl. This is regard to Robert, who is looking for speech to text and wanted to use it on his PC. And you mentioned some things to him, but you didn't mention Google. And specifically, I looked at Google Docs. I'm pretty sure it's available on some of the other tools. But if he looks under Tools and finds voice typing, he can easily do speech to text. If he's looking for the shortcut, it's Control-Shift-S. I just recently tested it, and it does an excellent job. Robert might want to read up on some of the tricks of dictating to a computer, like using period and new paragraph, etc., well, thank you, Carl. We appreciate that. Listeners helping other listeners, some of our most favorite calls. And obviously, we fail to mention a lot of solutions sometimes, but we do that on purpose. There's only so many things that we can suggest. And that's why we count on our audience, which is incredibly smart. Exactly. To make some additional input. Make some? Yeah. Or provide additional input. Right. Whatever the case. Oh, many parents might not agree with this, but a new study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, or JAMA, found that children who play video games for 21 hours a week performed better on cognitive skill tests that measured impulse control and working memory than did children who never played video games. Findings based on 2,217 children showed that gamers demonstrated more brain activity in regions associated with attention and memory than those who didn't play games at all. 
Well, it's just like surgeons, they say, are more successful when they grew up playing video games. That's true. So we, next time you go into surgery, you talk to your doctor, ask if they were a gamer. Yeah. And <laughs> if they say, no, I don't play games, and say, I need a second opinion. Yeah. Not on whether or not they play games, but on whether or not I need this surgery. Right. <laughs> that might be helpful. Jane in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, welcome into tomorrow. How come my email to the right side when I'm composing the email on the right side is ads popping up oh. and how do I get rid of these ads do I have to have these ads appearing the email company I deal with uh, they making me have this it wasn't always like this when I first had the email it's just of late I don't want all these ads well Jane the ads were almost certainly placed there by the company providing your account. This is likely a free email account, and this is the way they've decided to monetize it so that they can make money for you not to have to pay for email. If that's all they're doing, they may be more benign than the company selling your data, at least. But hosting email is not free. There are server costs and constant maintenance, not to just keep the server secure and patched up, but also to keep up with all the settings and checks that make emails deliverable so they don't end up in Google's or Microsoft's spam filters. That's why we always tell people, check your spam filters. Yeah, and all that work, of course, translates to man hours that need to be paid and servers that need to be kept running. If you want to get rid of ads, you can either install an ad blocker or switch to a different email provider. In particular, paid email accounts are much better about privacy and don't have ads, and you'll only be looking at a couple of dollars a month if you go with one of those. That's true. Like we have all of our email at our domain, which is graveline.com, which if you go to graveline.com, it'll bring you to intotomorrow.com. How clever. I, I know. We, we're, we're clever. We also, of course, set up every which way we could misspell tomorrow. Because that's one of those words, if you're typing it out, oftentimes is, wait, two M's, two O's? Hold on, wait, two R's? Oh my gosh. You know. So we did that on purpose, so misspell tomorrow. We figured we didn't have to worry about misspelling into too much, but who knows, uh, but it'll still get you to us, right? Uh, but our graveline.com domain for our email, we pay for. And that's why we don't have ads bombarding us on the right side, left side, up or down side, anything. It's just email. It's clean. And just, but you pay for it. Right. And just remember, if you're using you know, Gmail without ads, yeah, it, you know, it might be free, but you're paying for it by them reading your email to find little keywords so they can serve you ads in other places. Yeah. <laughs> like every time you search for anything else, you're going to get their ads. Or you go on Facebook or anything else, you're going to get ads for what you mentioned in an email. It's like, wow, that's, are they psychic? No. Mm -hmm. They just watch everything you do okay. just like talk talk about a product in front of alexa and you'll see you're going to start getting ads for mm -hmm. it do not be surprised it's like oh my gosh i heard the guys on into tomorrow talking about that and they're right no such thing as privacy anymore but do join us we don't sell your data sign up for our free tech newsletter because we don't share it with anyone except you at intotomorrow.com
Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to invent help. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Call 800-970-8405. That's 800-970-8405. Welcome back into tomorrow. Cameron's favorite line. Call in, win stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Stay tuned because in a couple of moments, we're going to share with you some of the cool prizes we have to share with you when you call in to win stuff, and it's so easy, so stay tuned. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet. Enjoy more of everything the Internet has to offer. Text RADIO to 35000 for more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. You know, some people's hands shake so much that it's hard for them to feed themselves. But a new wristband can help improve that for them. With this week's Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute, here's Alfred Poor. Thanks, Dave. A central tremor is one of the most common movement disorders, according to a recent study. About 7 million people in the U.S., mostly elderly, have arms that shake uncontrollably to the point that it impairs their ability to perform common daily activities such as feeding themselves or getting dressed. And this has a negative impact on their quality of life. There are some drugs that can help, but a new approach uses mild electrical stimulation to help reduce the tremors. When the current is applied to the nerves in the wrist, it seems to interrupt the brain patterns that cause the shaking. Patients who have used a wrist-worn device to control tremors as needed report that they saw significant improvements. Three out of four were better able to feed themselves, and two-thirds said that they have an improved quality of life overall. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Alfred Poor. Back to you, Dave. Thank you, sir. Be sure to sign up for Alfred's free weekly newsletter at healthtechinsider.com. The United Arab Emirates will launch its first-ever uh, lunar rover in November. Oh, uh, the Rashid... uh, actually on the moon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just thought maybe in the desert. Uh, the Rashid rover, named for Dubai's ruling family, is set to be launched from Kennedy Space Center in Florida on November 22nd. Oh, so they can't get it up on their own. We have to get it up for them. Right. But then it'll be roving the moon, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the rover is to be launched aboard a Falcon 9 SpaceX rocket and deposited on the moon by a Japanese ice space lander sometime in March. 
The lunar mission is part of the UAE's broader strategy to become a major player in the field of space exploration. If the moon mission succeeds, the UAE and Japan would join the ranks of the only of only the U.S., Russia, and China as nations that have put a spacecraft on the lunar surface. Interesting. Well, but they didn't put it up there. We're doing it, and Japan's doing it. Elon's doing it. Well, yeah, but it's still their thing. But you know, we, <laughs> it's still you know, Dubai's we're, thing. We're still, you know, as Americans, the only ones that have had a person on the moon. Ah, that's true. Ha ha. So Take there. that, <laughs> Russians and Dubaians. Right. Japanese-ans <laughs> and all them other reasons. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, speaking of China, <laughs> Foxconn, you know, the people who make the iPhones in China? Yeah. They've announced two electric vehicle prototypes, an SUV and a pickup. That marks the electronics manufacturer's entry into the electric car market. Apparently now everybody's doing an EV. The company plans to produce the cars for other brands with some production they claim to take place in the U.S. Oh, I guess because Apple's been taking some of their production away from them. Yes. So they kind of do it, turn to other things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, that they still make a bunch of the iPhones and Apple products. So now you're going to watch for, on the hood of some cars, there might be an Apple logo. Maybe. Probably not, but they could happen. Mm-hmm. Mo in Tyler, Texas, welcome into tomorrow. What is the best way to get a local channel in our TV? Uh, I have purchased uh, high definition antenna, and I never got them to work. Uh, so, what's the best way or best equipment I can use to get the local channel on TV? Thanks for what you do. It's our pleasure to help out, Mo. You just need an antenna, and it doesn't have to claim high definition. That's just a sales gimmick. Any TV antenna will do. If you're not getting your local channels with the current one that you've got, you may just be too far away from their towers, from the source. The only real solution to that is to get a bigger, taller antenna and see if that hopefully helps your problem. Yeah, I mean, an antenna on your roof will do better than an antenna indoors. But ultimately, the range of any local station that doesn't have a repeater set up on top of a mountain or a skyscraper is in the range of tens of miles. Once you get past 60 or 70 miles, the curvature of the planet will make it impossible for the signals to reach you. So if that's the case, you're stuck with cable or live TV streaming, which is basically the same price as cable these days. Yeah, true. And most people are cutting the cable. We've talked about that the last couple of years very heavily, uh, cutting that cord and going to streaming. By far, folks are doing that. Yeah, and with some of the streaming services, you can get some of your local channels. I've got, you know, we, we both subscribe to the Paramount Plus app, yeah. and we get our local CBS newscasts through that app. So they at least do that with the local CBS affiliates. Yeah. So if you can do that, you're not missing your local stations if they offer them, obviously, for your area. But so many things uh, depend on signals getting to you. Uh, I also use uh, an antenna for local stations in my home. And I find it far, far better than the Comcast cable, um, or certainly since I ditched the two satellite services, because they cram so much into such little amount of space that they have. It's all very compressed. But using an antenna, you're getting the clean, full, high-definition signal. Yeah, and I, and I swear that yours is the only house in like a 30-mile radius that I've seen that has a big antenna with a mast. I know. Roof. And... 
because our homeowners association, of which I'm the president anyway, uh, can't disallow that. You can you can have height restrictions, but they've got to be realistic. But the Federal Communications Commission has said that you cannot outlaw an outdoor antenna. That's so folks can get TV for free. And especially since we switched to everything being digital years ago, you certainly want to do that. You get a good, clean reception. There's no ghosting because you either get it or you don't. That's the thing about digital. It's zeros and ones and they're flying through the air. So if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, well, you got to skip that channel. There's one main channel here in South Florida that I don't get for whatever goofy reason. The others are fine. I even get channels in Palm Beach, which is well, way up the road. That's because that particular station decided to build their tower at the complete opposite other direction from all the others. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> they, they really need to get their act together. What can I tell you? So if you've got some additional input for Mo or anyone else, we want to hear from you. And, of course... Listeners helping listeners also qualify for cool prizes. What have we got this week to offer folks as they call in and participate? I'll do the legal stuff. No promises, no guarantees. But do mention a couple of the items that Chris is about to tell you about. And we'll do our best to get at least one of them to you. From Hampton Products, we've got a smart security light with camera. We've got a portable folding Bluetooth keyboard from Obvious Solutions. Skosh has provided a Magic Mount Pro Charge 5 for MagSafe and Qi-enabled phones. And Blue Jour has provided 10 of their mini-cube PCs. Pretty cool. And they're tiny with two little tiny cute antennas for Wi-Fi. It's all built in. These are great. We're using one in our yeah. control room. It's like a, literally like a two-inch cube. Yeah. And it's a full PC. Ah, got to love it. So you may want one of those. But we need to hear from you. You need to participate. Call in, win stuff. Thank you, and join us at intotomorrow.com. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7, use our free Into Tomorrow app, available in your app store, or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. Guys, stop putting your love life on hold. U.S. Pharmacy has some exciting news. If you've been wanting to try Viagra or Cialis, now is the perfect time. Call today and receive 90 little blue or little yellow pills for only $119 with free shipping. Why order some low-dose sildenafil from one of those subscription services when we can give you what you want now? Call 888-856-8066 and we'll rush your order, discreetly packaged to your door. Then thinking of trying something new to help your love life? Call U.S. Pharmacy at 1-888-856-8066 for as little as $119 for 90 pills. Need your package in a hurry? Call 888-856-8066 and ask about our express shipping option and we'll rush your order to you as soon as possible. Save money on this little blue or yellow pill you've been wanting to try. That's 888-856-8066. Again, 888 888- 856-8066.